I have a, another funeral after I leave here today, but I thought two weekends in a row with suits may be too much for y'all. We're, um, I guess as you're, I want to tell you something about before we get started on this series of, uh, we're going to be in this series for two or three months on uh, how God turns setbacks into comebacks. This is the last Sunday in 2018, and as your pastor with the authority of committed to me with Jesus Christ, I'm going to declare 2019 as a comeback year. It's a comeback year. And um, we're, a, we're on a broken planet. We live here. And everyone's got problems, they got trials, they got difficulties, and they got setbacks. All kinds of them. You may be having one right now, whether it's financial, whether it's, it's health, your career, relational, your, your marriage, or your boyfriend, or girlfriend, plans, uh, dreams, all kinds of setbacks. And during this series, we're going to look at how God helps people. And that we're going to get it from his word, how they can overcome each of these common setbacks. Today, uh, we're going to look at what to do when you have a business setback. You might say, well, Jim, I don't, I don't have a business. I don't own a business. Well, I believe you will kind of draw some principles uh, for your life out of this, this story. We're going to look at uh, some professional fishermen. If you want to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5 or, or get out your outlines, if you, if you have, a, have your Bibles with you, I'm going to stay in Luke chapter 5. Um, you can write in your Bibles if you'd like. I love to write in my Bible. I love to look at my grandfather's old Bible, who I never met, and he wrote in it. And uh, I kind of get to know him a little bit uh, from that. And uh, but I want to talk about some professional fishermen who were failing miserably in their fishing business until they turned to Jesus. These lessons, I believe, will apply to your life, no matter what you do. Now, if you've ever been around a fisherman, fisherman, you know what I'm talking about. I own a little diner here in town, and we have a lot of fishermen come by. Uh, at breakfast can you imagine the stories and the fish get bigger and more every time they tell the same story and today I want to look at one of the greatest fishing stories of all time we're going to learn some great lessons in this series I hope you won't miss too many of them if you've ever felt discouraged about your work or your job or your, your business and, and you ever felt like nothing is accomplished. I believe that you've, you've picked a, a good weekend to, uh, to, to come to church. And uh, so I'm glad you're here. What do you do when, you, uh, when you've had a setback in your business? I want to look at the second miracle Jesus ever performed. The first one most of us know that was that he turned the, the water into wine at a wedding. And this is actually the second miracle that he performed. Uh, 
the fishermen had been out all night and hadn't caught anything. Uh, been working hard and they were cleaning their nets and, and, and Jesus walks up to them and he says this in verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, I believe it's the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw the water's edge, two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. You ever notice that Jesus always sat down to teach? You ever notice that or is that just something I noticed? You're more Christ-like when you sat down to preach today. So you can tell your folks that you know, my pastor is more Christ-like than your pastor. Because he sits down to teach. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Then I wonder, why did Jesus ask the folks to borrow the boat? Well, one of the first things I found out is it was for a practical reason. It was a smart idea because water amplifies our, our voices and, 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 and noise. And so it was kind of a smart communication tool. But the real reason that he done this, as we'll find out when we read, we read later on, is Jesus was about to choose these four people as some of his first disciples. He's about to ask them to leave their business and, and to, to follow him. And he wanted to use a miracle that they could understand. Fish. Fishing. Four and five says this. After Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now launch out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And your business, you may have you hadn't made a sale or you hadn't sold a home, a car. Or you're out of work right now. Or maybe you haven't signed a contract. You can feel and see the discouragement. And sometimes it happens in, in our life. We give it our, our, our best shot and we come up short. We, we, we work hard and we got nothing to show for. You, you think you're doing what's right, you, you, and you believe that you're doing what God is, is leading you to do, and it just doesn't pan out. Well, you've had a setback. You've had a setback. You start this business, and it just, and it just falls apart. It just doesn't happen. And sometimes even after your, uh, during your marriage, after you've had this counseling, You've worked hard, you've been to these, these weekend retreats, and it's still just not working out. The fact is that this miracle that we're talking about today has a lot to teach us about setbacks. What I believe and what I've known as, as your pastor for over 20 years now is everybody is fishing for something. It may be the approval of others. It may be the, the, the love from others. You may be fishing for security. Others are fishing for significance. 
Some are fishing for a husband or, or a wife. So in the quietness, I want you to think about this. What are you fishing for? What are you really fishing for today? Well, when these four guys do what Jesus tells them to do, they're blessed more than they can even handle. They have so much that they have to, to share with the other people. What we're going to see is, is these fishermen's lives were changed forever. 5, 6, 7, and 8 says, When they had done so, they, when they'd done what he said, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners, James and John, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full with fish that they began to sink. Now, they've never said nothing like that around the counter. But I have heard a lot of fish tales. But we're talking about a lot of fish here. Simon, Andrew, James, and, and John. This is a heck of a, a fish story. They caught more in 10 minutes than they had all night in, in, in 10 hours when they did it the way that Jesus said to do it. Doing it the way that Jesus said to do it is one of the ways that you turn a setback into a comeback. That's what we're going to do here, what we're going to learn more, that God can do more in 10 minutes than you and I can do in 10 years if we do it the way that he tells us to do it. Here's the first thing you need to do. It's what Peter James, John, and Andrew did. Write this down right here. Number one, I need to give Jesus complete access to my boat. I need to give Jesus complete access to my boat. My boat is my job or my business. The third verse says, Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Guys, if we give Jesus access to our boat, our business, our job, we're going to go from emptiness to overflowing. But the starting point is to put Jesus in the boat. I mean, what we're looking at, they didn't catch anything for 10 hours. Looking at what was the difference? There's the same lake, same boat, same fish. The only thing is different between nothing and overflowing is that Jesus is in the boat. That's the only thing that, that's different. Jesus was a game changer here. So I got to tell you guys, give Jesus access to your business. To your business. We must let Jesus in our boats. Well, first of all, what is your boat? Your boat is this, whatever you do to make a living. Whatever you do to make a living. The boat represents your career, your, your vocation, and we got to give that to Jesus. Well, what does it mean to have Jesus in your boat? Does it mean I put fish on my business cards and things like that? No, it just means you dedicate your career. It means you dedicate your business. It means you dedicate your job to God. Your job goes to God. I want to be clear here. We're not talking about 
salvation here. Because you and me, we can have Jesus in our life, but not in our boat. We can have Jesus in our life, but not in our job. We can praise Jesus on Sunday, but not at work. We can praise Jesus on Sunday morning, but then we stick him on the shelf when we get home. Y'all see what I'm talking about? We compartmentalize Jesus. And when that's happening, you're not using Jesus as, as a platform for ministry at your job or, or in your business. So i got to ask you, have you dedicated your career to him for his use? For his use. Your career for his use. Have you let Jesus in your boat? In your boat. Well, Peter did, and he got blessed with incredible, incredible results. We, more, we normally think that, hey, if God makes me successful in my job, if God makes me successful in my business, then I'll serve him with my success. That is wrong. God often uses the business or, 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 or your job or even lack of a job so that success will come. And, 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 and guys, here's another thing I want you to know. There is no comeback without setback. There has to be a setback first for our comeback to happen. But here's what I want you to know, those of you that, that are facing a setback right now. The setback is part of the plan. The setback is part of the plan. Jesus asked him to use his boat, his job, his career, his vocation before success came. Let me use your boat to speak to the people. So guys, if, if, if you're failing, give to God whatever you have as a platform so that he can bless it. So the question I think you need to answer today to yourself is what do you want God to bless in your life? Whatever you want God to bless in your life, then you've got to put him first in it. If it's time, if you want him to bless your time, put him first every morning. Put him first every morning before you, you leave the house. If you want him to bless the whole week, put him first. Put him first in, 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 in the week. If you want to, to, uh, him to bless your money, put him first. We call that tithe. Give him the first part. It's called a tithe. Get Jesus in your work. Get Jesus in your boat. Get Jesus in your job. Let him control everything. It's called marketplace missionary. That's what I want you to, want you to try to think about being as a marketplace missionary. I mean, all that's saying is you can be a missionary disguised as a realtor. You can be a missionary disguised as a house cleaner. You can be a missionary disguised as an accountant. You can be a missionary disguised as a doctor. But marketplace missionary. These guys didn't need to change their, their boat location. They just had to get Jesus in the boat. 
I know some people say, well, when I do this or when I start this other business or when I, when I leave this job and start my own, I'm going to get Jesus in the boat. You ain't got to change locations. You ain't got to change jobs. You ain't got to wait until you move to Africa. You can put Jesus and invite Jesus in your boat today. Today, starting in 2019, you ain't got to go anywhere to put Jesus in your boat. Second step is this. And maybe it was my hardest one and because of my pride and other things. But I admit that my efforts aren't working. I have to admit that my efforts aren't working. My efforts, they're not working. Look at 4, 5, and 8 at the bottom of your outline. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now launch out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. You know what Simon is doing here? He's confessing his failures. He's confessing his, his, his shortcomings here. Guys, even when you're a pro, they, these guys were professionals. They fished for a living. But even as a pro, they caught nothing. Guys, guess what? Sometimes your best just ain't good enough. Just ain't good enough. Because there's some things that you just can't control. You just can't control it. Let me say that again. There's some things that's just going to happen that you can't control. So to go from setback to comeback, you got to get Jesus in the boat and admit that your way just wasn't working. Now, why is it hard for me to admit this? And maybe some of you. I came up with three reasons that I believe it's hard for us to admit that, that our way just wasn't working, that we need some help. Number one is pride. It's pride. We don't want to admit that we were wrong. Two is stubbornness. You believe this or not, but every once in a while I'm stubborn. And it's hard for me to admit that my way was the wrong way. But I think more than anything else, I think the third reason affects me is fear. Fear. If I fail, I think people will think less of me. Or maybe I'm afraid Jesus might steer my boat in a different direction if I let him in the boat. He may want to go a different way. I might have to change some things. So I'm afraid of that sometimes, I believe. Maybe for some of you, you might think that you're afraid because Jesus may turn you into a, a fanatic if you let him in your boat. Or if you admit that you're wrong and you need help. Regardless of what it is, the second step is to admit that your way is not working. Third step is this. Do whatever Jesus tells me to do. Do whatever Jesus tells me to do. I have got to be willing to obey Jesus Christ even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it seems illogical or you can't afford it or it appears foolish to other people. It may not make sense financially. It may not make sense relationally. It may not make sense emotional. It's just not rational. I want to tell you something. Do it anyway. Do it God's way anyway. Luke 5, 5 
Says Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But here's the part. But because you say so. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. This is the third key to a miracle. is trusting the word of God. Not because I think it's smart. Not because I think it's popular. Not because I think it's rational or that I can afford it. God says so. God says so. I'm going to do it because you say so. I thought this was kind of funny because of what happened to me Christmas morning. Not only is Jesus in the boat, but he's giving the fishing instructions. I want you to notice Peter didn't argue uh, with Jesus. Because if I was Peter, Christmas morning, y'all know I run a diner and, and I actually work at a diner and, and, and I cook sometimes. And Well, I cook breakfast for my family Christmas morning. I have a brother named David. He and I, we go at it all the time. My brother gets there early. He comes back there and he says, I see you using a lodge skillet. My brother works on forklifts. I said, yeah, I'm losing a lodge skillet. I think you'd be better off using so-and-so skillet. It was Christmas, so I let it go. But I'm going to call him up tomorrow night. Are you working tomorrow, David? Or Tuesday night? I think I'm going to go to work with you on Wednesday and ride around with you on, the, on your forklift tour, whatever you call it, route. I'm going to help you work on forklifts and tell you what tools to use. I just fed 150 people the other morning for breakfast, and you're going to come in and tell them, who are you to tell me what skillet to use? So I would think Peter would look at Jesus and say, hey, you know wood, I know fish. You carpenter, I fish. But Peter didn't argue with him. He'd done what he said. He didn't look at Jesus and say, who are you to tell me? But you guys have thought that before, haven't you, when you read that story? You would have said something like, you know wood, I know fish. But Peter didn't do that. Peter didn't form a committee to vote on it either, amen? He said, because you say so. We'll do it because you say so. What I also notice is Peter, especially as I'm getting older, I'm tired after a day's work. Peter didn't listen to his feelings. He was tired, man. He'd been fishing all night. He was, he was discouraged because he hadn't caught anything. He was just, he was just tired. No, Peter showed us something that you and I could learn from. Unquestioned obedience. Unquestioned obedience. And guys, this is his first experience with Jesus. And he showed us unquestioned obedience. I'm telling you guys, God will bless your life if you become a because-you-say-so woman. God will bless your life if you become a because-you-say-so man. God, I'll do it because you say so. I don't understand it all, but because you say so. It's written here in the Word of God, and I'll do it because it says so. I don't understand it, but I'll do it. So I got a question in there for you. What has God 
told you to do that you still haven't done? Even if you don't understand. Is it to be baptized? Is it? I put some examples there. Start serving. Looking for a teacher. Is it to forgive someone? Are you still sitting there holding a grudge? Or is it to, to, to start tithing? What has God told you to do that you still haven't done? Because you say so. Because you say so. The reason why I put tithing in there is so many people, when they, when they talk to me about tithing, I can show it to them where it says in the Bible, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. They won't go because if you say so. It's, it's here. Got to have more. I'm telling you guys, if you start being a because of you say so man or woman, you're, you're, you're going to have, you're going to see visions for your career and your business that you've never seen. I believe it'll come in three phases. I wrote them, wrote them down there. When, what, and where. And you have to wait for all, all three of these, I believe. He says, now launch out. Now launch out. Here's what I know. That it will always take risk. It always takes a risk. Because there is no faith without risk. And the next thing I know, he says, let down your nets into deep water. You know why he says let down your nets into deep water? Because that's where the big fish are. In the deep water. Water. Now what that speaks to me is, is that I think I want to tell y'all is, is, is don't live your life in the shallow end of the pool. Don't live your life in the shallow ends of life where you get just enough Jesus to bug you but not enough to bless you. Y'all see? You, you, you don't want to do that. You want to. You don't want. You don't want to live at a at a superficial level. What I mean by that is, you come to church on Sundays, but all you want to do is kind of paddle around in the shallow water. You come to church on Sunday and you just stay in the baby pool and, and barely get your feet wet. I'm gonna tell you if you if you're gonna stay in the shallow water, if you're just gonna stay in the shallow end, you're gonna miss God's best. He said, let your nets down in the deep water. Well, why do so many people live shallow lives? Why are they satisfied in the kiddie pool? I can tell you why. Because I swam there for many years. It's safer there. It doesn't require any risk just to paddle around in the shallow water. It's not risky to live a shallow life. But I got news for you that I found out. It's actually the greatest risk of all to be in the shallow water. Because you're going to miss the big fish. You're going to miss the big fish. You're going to miss the blessings on earth and the rewards in heaven. Paddling around. Afraid to get wet. You want God to bless your plans. 
but you don't want God to use your business for his platform. Bless my plans, but, but stay out of my business. I'm a different man at work. Or I, I'm a different woman on, on the job. I'm going to tell you something, guys. This has been my experience, that one of the reasons that God is allowing this setback in your life right now is to force you into the deep water. Think about the setback you're in. It's to force you into the deep water. He loves you too much to let you stay in the baby pool. I know obeying Jesus sometimes seems scary. It seems scary. But it's actually the most safest way and the most rewarding way to live is to obey him. Number four. Last one. To turn the setback into come back at your business. Expect Jesus to turn things around. Expect Jesus to turn things around. This is the faith factor. You must trust him to do what he says he will do. If God tells you to do it, do you really think that he'll let you come up empty? I don't think so. I don't think so. Peter's not afraid of failing. I mean, he's got God in his boat. He's got God in his boat. No way that he's going to, to, to not succeed because you say so. Think about it. If Jesus can command the forces of nature, I mean, he's like, fish? He just thought it. He said, fish, come here. All of y'all get on this side of the boat. All you fish, come on, get on this side of the boat. And the fish came. If he can do that, don't you think that he can provide you and I with what we need? But you got to do it his way. Look at the results in 6 and 7. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Guys, you and me, we got to get a new perspective. Here's the perspective that I want you to get. I don't work for the company. I work for Jesus. I don't work for the business. I work for Jesus. I'm a missionary. Look at all them fish. Look at all the fish. Here's what I do know again. God's looking for folks to bless. He is looking to folks to bless, but we got to be blessable. Look at Peter's reaction here in 8 and 9. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Peter said, I don't even deserve all this. I don't deserve all this blessing. I don't deserve it. Here's the real lesson. 
did I finally get to after being up here for 20 minutes, maybe 30. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, and they left everything and followed Jesus. You see, this miracle of the fish isn't really about money. This miracle of, of catching all these fish isn't really uh, uh, about possessions. It's not even about financial success. This miracle of fishing is really uh, about finding God's purpose for your life. It's not about the fish. It's about the kingdom of God. Jesus is about to call these guys, these four guys, 100% how to fish for men. Jesus said, put me first, and I'll show you how to really live. They left everything and followed Jesus. Now, when you want to move from setback to comeback, be willing to follow Jesus and leave the blessing behind. Do that because you become more interested in the blesser than you do the blessing. Do you get that? You become more interested in the blesser. You become more interested in Jesus that they just sang about than you do the blessings. So I got to ask you this morning. Are you more interested in God blessing you? Or are you more interested in the blesser? Some of you guys know Jeff and Missy Bearden. Jeff and Missy retired from the Army. Or Jeff did. And, well, both of them were. She was with him. But they retired from the Army. And, and Jeff came out and got a, got, continued his education. And, and Jeff has been in the corporate world making lots of fishes. God's blessed him with lots of fishes. And uh, God called him out uh, to, to join, uh, uh, to be a missionary uh, for the military, United States military. And he's going, he, he quit his corporate job. He quit fishing for fish. And now he's gathering up support. And in three months, he's almost there. It normally takes 18 to 24 months to gather a year's support. He likes somewhere around 500 bucks a month, maybe less than that after the 9 o'clock service. But anyway, he has... Started to focus more. He's always loved Jesus, but he's even starting to focus more now that he's got his mind on the blesser instead of the blessings. He's selling his home, and he's renting a place down at Fort Benning. And, and my prayer today is that he sell his home quickly so he can get done and get on, get on about the business that he was called to do, him and his wife. And they'll be leaving soon. I'm going to miss them, but they're doing what God's called them to do. But my question or my statement to that is this. If you haven't been able to help him yet, there's a, I've got some pamphlets up here. I'm going to leave them right here. And you can grab one as you, as you leave. And there's a way that you can give. through There's, there's a HTTP colon whatever. It's on there. It's called an address, isn't it? That you can go to and you can give. But if you want to bless these folks, but even my bigger question is this. After hearing this, what are you called to do?
What are you called to do? What are you called to do? Make it personal. What are you called to do? What's keeping you from doing it? It's on you. Focus on the blesser. Not the blessings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Lord, this year is going to be filled with comebacks. This coming year. Some of these folks are in a setback right now. And I pray for them to have the faith to know that a comeback's coming. To do what you call them to do, even if it doesn't make sense. They may say, oh, I can't teach. Well, that doesn't make sense. It may be you. I don't want to be a fanatic at work. Some might say, I don't know about inviting Jesus into my work. I'd have to do the right thing. I'd have to go in a different direction. Lord, don't kick him out of the baby pool. It may take a setback to force him into deep water. And I trust you. Personally, Lord, I need to come back for my health. And I trust you to help me with that. I'm not looking forward to the deep water of that. Lord, I left my folks up to you. And I ask your favor on every one of them. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.